Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 40. The Satanic Panic. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lanternnoir. There we go. Hello and welcome. My name is Rob, a.k.a. AKA Lantern Noir. I am one of your two hosts for Happy Hour. We've bellied up to the bar after far too long uh, at not being in a happy hour together. Um, and joining me, as always, my amazing co-host. Graybeard of Graybeard Stafford. It is good to hang out with you again. It has been literally a minute. We took off for the Thanksgiving holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as much as those might lead you to want to drink... Uh, we had to drink in our own uh, locations. Uh, getting, to, getting to hook up at happy hour just wasn't going to happen during that season. Um, how how were your holidays? How did Thanksgiving go in the Greybeard Tavern? Uh, the tavern folks, we were way chill. Right now, we've got one one of the girls' uh, elves' bedrooms torn to shreds. So their bedroom is in our living room <laughs> and, and, and all their stuff they're still like got a mattress and sleeping there but we've got everything torn out of there for some construction stuff going on um but uh we i cooked i cooked ham turkey or ham taters green beans uh like uh, sauteed french cut with garlic and oil and all that uh, green beans and stuffing and all that uh i did it all in half an hour in a microwave so it was a half an hour i I turned the stove on warm everything set out one thing in as soon as it came out it was in the oven to stay warm and i just did it all in like a half an hour we snarfed we had pie and then we all went back to playing games on our own devices and whatnot. <laughs> and, and it was way chill. And there was no going to anybody's place or, you know, worrying about grandparents and all that. Oh, I hear you. So it was beautiful. We, we hosted at, at oh. House Noir. And Hazel, mm. by the way, welcome. Um, quick question for you and for mm. my co-host uh, while I'm talking. Holiday stuffing. Do you put in mushrooms? Um, but uh, we uh, we hosted, and I made the mistake of leaving the kitchen. And I told Mrs. Noir, you're on top of things, and thank you for hosting us. That's that chime. Appreciate it. When the dragon goes by, that means that, that he's taking word of us to another channel. Um, but so I told Mrs. Noir, when you need help, snag me. But I'm not just going to sit in the kitchen and wait on you turning to me to ask me to do something because I'll just mm. be sitting here playing on my phone. I went and I started playing on The Sims, which mm. Kitty K got me back playing again. So I bought a whole bunch <laughs> of packs cheap. I of haven't course. played any of them yet because they're all the Go Adventure packs. Um, oh. So like the the Star Wars one and the um, the Magic one, I bought those. Yeah. And the Star Wars one, you, you actually have to like go do. The Magic yeah. can live in your world. So I like, I, I and I moved in, um, a bunch of streamers are living in a house. Um, I brought in Dagon and Irina and Arabelle from Curse of Strahd. They're, they're sharing an apartment. My main game is a vampire hippie and her rock and roll uh, BFF from high school. <laughs> uh, and I have a storyline plan. Any, anyway, I'm off topic. But the All thing right, is, right. I figured I'd be down here for 45 minutes. 
Yeah. I get basically called to dinner. <laughs> like, it wasn't quite that bad. I mean, a couple times I right. went up and went, you know what? It's 3 o'clock. Did you need me to help with anything? And she's standing there in the kitchen. She's got sweat pouring down her forehead. Her hair's like a million different directions. Um, and and she, well, she looks like that gnome that got caught in the middle of an explosion. <laughs> and, and she's like, no, no, I got it. I'm like, okay. And then my, my in-laws came over. So we had my mother-in-law and my brother-in-law and his wife. And it was, uh, we, we won't get into the details, but we'll we'll just say that, that when I discovered there were mushrooms in the stuff, you know, it was kind of a bit of a, really? Really? Which then raises the question, what do y'all say? Do, uh, does stuffing get mushrooms? So, if... If it was me and making stuffing for me, heck yeah, I would like saute up the the, the mushrooms and shlunk them in there. But uh, the the entire rest of the tavern is is a is a no fungus zone. <laughs> they, they are mushroom adverse. Yes, is what you're telling me. Definitely mushroom adverse. Mushroom adverse. That's so. that's fair. Um, well, it's good to hear that you had a good holiday then, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still remain stymied at how briskly the holiday season has come upon us. Ooh, um, I yeah. just got my tree up, uh, mm. and uh, which wasn't all that hard. Just throw it in the green screen background. But um, <laughs> and we have the menagerie out. If you've ever wondered what kind of people forsake decorating their house with lights and simply fill the front yard with inflatables, yeah, that would be House Noir. <laughs> We have the holiday dragon, the holiday stegosaurus, the holiday. We just added this year. Mrs. Mm. Noir got a uh, triceratops mm. for Christmas because that's what I do. I buy her another inflatable for the front yard every year. Nice. Oh, that's amazing. That, that's so awesome. So we, we have we have holiday dinosaurs, Elsa, and mm. uh, a, a unicorn. So, uh, should we talk some gaming? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Probably should. Yeah. Um, so we were, let's let's do the, our, our weekly, well, do you want to talk about what we've been doing in the last three weeks of gaming or do you want to hit the topic? Why don't we hit the topic? Hit the topic. And then we can we can roll in maybe uh, a, towards the end, uh, hit that. I know I'm it's a little off, little off our uh, our game, but we uh, we haven't been together for a while. and We so. have a game? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that, that if we could talk about what we've been doing this, that could take an hour and a half to recap everything. Yes, exactly. And that, yeah, and I see that. So one of the things, okay, let me, here's where I got the idea for the topic of the week. Mm. Um, and it's, it's going to get real heavy, folks, so, so buckle up. Um, the, uh, I live very close to the most recent school shooting in Michigan, in Oxford. Um, and for those that are following my other content, um, when we play the convergence on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash lantern noir, uh, that game, I wanted it to be in the real world, like boom. So our universe, the universe that we all live in is Earth Prime and the reality is collapsing in on it. So most of the planet is what we would know in, say, 20, uh, 2090 ish after all these rallies have been collapsing for 70 plus years and mucking everything up. And I wanted that so I could also then just go to Google Maps and go, here's where you are. And I decided it would be a, a, a far northern suburb of Detroit because I know the yeah. area. Mm -hmm. And I, I did pick Oxford, Michigan. Yeah. 
as a location for the game, which still like makes my head spin a little bit that that's like that weird con literally convergence <laughs> of things. Right. Um, and you go back to my DM logs. I, I write them every week after the session. And um, like, I have a whole, like half of a, a log is dedicated to why I picked Oxford complete yeah. with pictures of its downtown. But then I got thinking about how quickly we turn to blame things. And in particular entertainment, when mm -hmm. something like this happens. Yeah. And that got me thinking about the good old days back mm -hmm. in the 80s when somebody found out that your kid was playing the Dungeons and Dragons game and learning all manner of, of bad stuff and would come rushing in to say, you got to stop that. And the, yep. That whole movement was, was called the Satanic Panic. Good times, good. No, no, not at all. Now, how um, much? How much did you get back? Let's, uh, now, being two gamers of, of of a certain age, yeah, um, we had the chance to be gamers during mm -hmm. the '80s and during this phase. How yeah. much did you get hit? Oh, rough in, uh, in the Greybeard uh, household. I I started in '78, um, and my. My parents were pretty absentee. Um, you know, my uh, basically the reason I got to see Star Wars and play Dungeons and Dragons in the same weekend in 1977 was because the my parents were just they were in the midst of an ugly, ugly divorce. My mother was in a mental hospital at the time. Anyway, it's a mess. It's a horrible mess. So, of course. D and D, I love you. This is amazing. How cool is this? Um, and the the people I played with and all that were, you know, uh, it's a really complicated. But I've told the story before. Um, they were war gamers and like big time war gamers. Panzer Blitz, uh, Panzer Leader. You know, they had minis. They the the dad was a brain surgeon, so they had like terrain that was mobile terrain and all that anyway that's where those of those people with you know definitely no satanic panic goodness to them fine as i spread D, &D to my friends i was chased from a house <laughs> by a mom screaming at me about how i'm a monster and i can never come back and you know get out of my house you you devil you know you why would you bring this into my house and and and, and physically chased from the home uh you know i i barely had time to grab my trapper keeper and <laughs> with my dnd with my my red box mulvaney book in it and <laughs> gotta go so or uh not uh my blue blue cover mulvaney wouldn't have come out for maybe it was two years later so anyway yeah so um so yeah i uh personally that uh, uh a friend borrowed my fiend folio their mother burned it um like threw it in their wood stove i now, i re yeah. refresh my memory on that what was in the fiend folio uh, I, I only had i didn't have all the books back in the day i had a couple that made my eyebrows go up and I'm surprised my parents let me have. So but... Fiendfolio, Fiendfolio had like a uh, Crypt Keeper in it. 
Um, boy, oh boy. Uh, sure. Uh, I could grab one. Um, yeah, uh, I can grab it. Uh, okay. Um, so that's how yeah. you. That's how you know an elder gamer of of some uh, resourcefulness that they still have access to all of these <laughs> classic, classic. Um, books from throughout the throughout the years as it were i must have taken it upstairs oh i'm gonna be so sad now that i've brought it up um yeah let me well you're looking the one i remember yeah. from back in the day was mm -hmm. the uh deities and was it deities and demigod no myths no what was the god book called yeah, there was deities and demigods was that what it was yeah. called Yep, and that was uh, that one. Definitely had some uh, bits and bobs Hello. in it. That was hi. The that little was little noir popping in, crashing the stream. Had some nudity in it, and such that. Uh, Which you know, it, while you're while you're digging, yes. That just reminds me though of like this weird decision TSR made because. I mean, that was all commissioned art. The artwork was all commissioned, obviously, for that book. Yeah. So they made a choice. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Thinking I, this ain't no kids' game. We're gonna do what we want. And and it really showed um, a lot of the um, the cultural bias of the time because there were there were women naked from the waist up. Yep. I don't think there were any naked from the waist down. Uh, there was the very back piece of artwork in the, I think it was the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I took all the uh, the older books upstairs to show ah. somebody something. And now I, they're not down here. So, um, but, uh, but there was, there was a, a, a winged, like a succubus who was turned away uh, from, from That's the picture. Right. And you see, you got some booty action in you got there. Some bare butt. So, yeah. So there was that. And then of course the succubus was all eighties metal rock, you know, posed, but the hair hung right in front of, you know, to, to get past a nudity thing. Well, um, which is weird so. though. Cause the, the deities and demigods, they were like, like, right. Like this yep. goddess shows what she's got. Yep. Bast, the Egyptian goddess yep. of cats. And yeah, they um, so, yeah, it was like I said, it was definitely, you know, this this is a real game. This isn't a kid's game, you know, blah, blah, blah. So there was definite decisions there. Um, also, too, I have had friends over the years say that <laughs> that definitely Dungeons and Dragons was not for kids advanced dungeons and dragons i mean those are thick books they have big uh theorems and and formulas and tables and you know uh stuff in them so like i said my my dmg is been gnawed by one corner of it was gnawed off by a friend of mine's pit bull uh we had to ban orange soda from the table because it kept getting spilled on it and it will open to page 76, which is the saving throws and Thaco tables. I mean, it just will open by itself. If, if you were to set it on the edge and kind of uh, like go like this, it would kind of come apart right at 
page like 76 for the, the tables. As, as happened, Zumi contributes that being born in 73, rock on Gen Xer. Um, ah, yes. Didn't get into D&D until the early 90s, though. Mm-hmm. The only thing I, they knew about it uh, was a TV movie they did in the 80s about how it was turning people into killers. Of course, <laughs> that movie made him want to play it. And I, I, you know, it's interesting that the Mazes and Monsters movie, which featured a fairly young Tom Hanks, if I recall correctly. Oh, yes. Yes, it did. Um, was based on real, based on a true story that I think was later fully debunked. Correct. Uh, and there are a lot of universities that claim to have it, that that was where it began, including here in Michigan. Um and uh, yeah, you, again, it. I even I fought for the story for a long time, and fought for it being in Michigan because you know, Lake Geneva is just across the lake, and uh, and Gen Con, you know, was was again right across the lake from us. So I always, uh, I for decades I fought for that story. This was true. Um, one of the things that's really good, and sometimes you can still get them in Christian bookstores, there's these little comic books. Oh, yes. <clears throat> and um, something chick, isn't it? Yeah. And the, the one is is the like the story of Black Leaf, the Dungeons and Dragons warning uh, uh, comic book. If you can ever get your paws on one, I, I would highly suggest snatching it up because it is it exemplifies the the satanic panic perfectly. Mm-hmm. No, you've reached the ninth mm-hmm. ninth level. Okay, now that you've reached the ninth level, come to the circle. And there's like candles and devil worship, and you know, I'll cast my spell. Um <laughs> You know, and uh, which is yeah. which really does just reflect how little people really knew about what happens. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. when I when I started teaching, talking about playing role playing games with students, and it was an incredibly small number of students had any clue what I was talking about. Yeah. Most of them would say, "Oh, you're you're going to play games with some friends." It's that like Monopoly and stuff, and it's like, well, no, no, it's 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 literally nothing like Monopoly. <laughs> um, and then it's like, where do you start to mm-hmm. explain it? And even like last week, talking to students about current events mm-hmm. and kind of sharing this awkward place I'm in. Hey, shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, well, I've only know about Dungeons and Dragons through Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And I don't really understand what the game was that they were playing because I know it was on a table and it looked <laughs> like it had a board and they rolled dice and somebody was the they wore they wore the hat and the cape. Is that important? <laughs> Do you wear the cape? Um, sorry, that's okay. It's okay. It's, it, that's but I mean, these are questions people who don't play have. It's like, mm-hmm. do you have to wear the cape? Is that a big part of it? Hey, polymorph. Um, and even like like that whole process of just like decoding, like the weirdness of decoding the hobby to people who aren't part of it right um where it i i'm waiting for something like stranger things that's mainstream yeah to do a better job of telling people what it is yeah like yeah 
Well, the thing too is like you have to you have to think about it. What season three premiere of Critical Role had one hundred and fifty thousand people watching it. Yes. <laughs> so, so yes, D D is hands down bigger now than it has ever been. Which like so. this feels like the ultimate time for someone to do one of those. Adam explains it or, <laughs> um, you know, one of those like relatively high production, because mm -hmm. uh, I, I know they're out there, of yeah. just explainer videos. Because right. there's, there's a billion on YouTube. Yeah. Like you go to YouTube and say, what is Dungeons and Dragons? Mm -hmm. I think, well, you know, hold on. I, I say that like I know. Um, but mm. let me let me actually type in what is Dungeons and Dragons and let's see what our first hit is. Well, and whilst you say that, people have done TED talks about Dungeons and Dragons, like actual, real. Here's my TED talk, D and D. So it's it's there. It's definitely there. It's definitely you know searchable. Okay. The first several YouTube hits, uh, Google hits I get um, when I when I filter it into videos are all um, ranging in quality. Um, some are produced by Wizards of the Coast. There's one Wizards of the Coast one here. Um, I think I recognize this woman as one of the, the bigger D&D streamer content Satine, creators. Or Satine Phoenix, probably. Um, and they all look relatively like decent quality um, and generally positive. Mm -hmm. Which I was wondering if I was going to get like a, it will corrupt your children. <laughs> um, um, there used to be a show. I think it was called like the watchtower. And, <laughs> and they used to do things like dungeons and dragons. Uh, my favorite though, because that show, of course, being a D and D nerd, I had to watch it. And now this is still in the like eighties and nineties. And I, like I said, I think it was called the Watchtower. But they would do like the Smurfs, how the Smurfs are leading your children to Satan, and <laughs> la 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 la. And and it just would open up this whole door of why are there only men? There's all these men living together, you know. <laughs> you're like, are you saying Smurfs are gay? And are you saying being gay Smurfs is bad? I just, what are you talking about? You know, and they would show like some scene where, you know, Gargamel would be talking to his cat and he, this wizard has a familiar. And, and as a young D&D &D dude, I'm like, yes, he does. I'm watching the Smurfs. Um, <laughs> Well, and that, and that does seem to be a pattern. The more you tell people not to pursue something, uh, the more you open the door for them to go, what? And it, it's weird because even like satire will mm -hmm. do that. That Mrs. Noir and I um, did, a, did EverQuest. We did Ultima mm -hmm. Online. We took mm -hmm. a pass on World of Warcraft. And then we took a break from online gaming. And then we f somehow caught the uh, South Park make love not warcraft episode and i don't remember how we ended up watching it if it was on the netflix thing or if we caught it on youtube we watched it and we went huh that warcraft doesn't look too bad want to try it and then we were hooked for like two years right so i mean it's 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 a lot of it's a matter of just getting people's eyeballs on something Right. Um, and decoding it for them. I, I will admit coming up, 
my older cousin is mm-hmm. one that introduced me to it. And you're not wrong. AD&D definitely was not a kid's game based on the density of the book. Because I had no clue what was going on for myself <laughs> for most of my life before seventh grade. Like I right. tried to play D&D with my neighbors. Yep. And they were older than me. And they had generally read the rules better than I had. Mm-hmm. But we were we were... I was not running Dungeons and Dragons. Right. I was running some game that involved modules my parents had bought me that was Dungeons and Dragons adjacent. Right. Because I didn't know a third of the rules. There was just a lot of, well, this is what it does, and this is the armor class, so I guess you roll this, and you look at this. And it really wasn't until I got to middle school that I started to really go, oh, that's how that rule works. So I can actually read <laughs> the book and understand it, um, which gets back to our previous conversations about doing a better job writing these books. Right. Because yeah. they are incredibly hard to, I, I even think today, they're still yeah. very dense, very, they, they feel written still for people who already get D&D. Well, and that's, yeah, we, like I said, we had a whole episode on it. I think that the... Yeah, and there's so many other books out there now and games and other options for role-playing that, you know, pick up kids on bikes. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I mean, okay, I paid 20 bucks for this. You know, <laughs> you know, you think about it, but then you start playing and you're like, genius you know <laughs> you're like, i want to play some more kids on bike uh you know it's, uh, so it's that concept of the role-playing game that mm-hmm. i think is the hardest sell and has always been because when you look at entertainment and i think going back to the, the satanic panic yeah when we look at entertainment to people that are born in the 40s and 50s it is non-interactive mm-hmm. it is linear it is static and it is consistent Right. So you go see a movie. We we go to the movie. We see the movie. We all see the same movie. We have the same experience at the movie. And yep. nothing we do changes the movie. So we leave the movie with that shared, common, mm-hmm. static experience, which is an amazing thing. And movies, I'm not, I'm not dissing movies made in the 50s. Right, right, right. right. Um, some of the greatest films ever created came out of the early noir genres. Yep. Um, and even... Even It's a Wonderful Life, I pulled that sucker out in class last week mm-hmm. because we were talking about how, where the bank, we were doing exponential growth. We were talking about where the bank gets the money to pay you interest. And I said, <laughs> you put the money in the bank, the bank is going to give that money to somebody to go buy a car. And somebody right. goes, wait, 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 they're giving my money to some other guy? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, technically it's not your money because you gave it to the bank. Mm-hmm. Well, it's my money. No, 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 the you gave it to the bank. It's their <laughs> it's their money. You mm-hmm. just have an agreement. They will give it back when you ask. Right. And like I, I watched all these little like seventeen and eighteen year old heads starting to pop mm-hmm. around the room, mm-hmm. and I'm like, let's let's take a video break. And I pulled up the 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 run on the bank, and it's a wonderful life. Right. Yeah. And I I, I let that play for a second. About three kids got it. Yeah. Um, but I felt like, well, it's a good excuse. A great way to explain the Fae. <laughs> Go on. Uh, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> a run on the bank. Is it the run on the bank or is it the, it's not, it's not your soul that you're giving to them because <laughs> uh, they give it to somebody else. Are, are you saying that Faye are all investment bankers of magical energy? Because that's kind of cool, actually. Uh, I know we're, we're, we're way in the woods, but I'm but really... But the best place to be on the stream. Started watching, uh, started watching a show called Zapped. Uh, it's an English show. Okay. It's it's a it's a fantasy. It takes place in a fantasy world that is so very Terry Pratchett. It's oh. it's 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 beautiful. The the fa fairies come in as little sparkles, and then they whoom, they turn into like gigantor thugs with these teeny little wings on their backs, and they're like they're like in breastplates and stuff, and they're like you know, they're basically gangster cops. They're like give me the what. Let's just take this, and they they just take things and push people around, and then they zip, turn into little sparkles and fly out the door. Oh my god! Great, great. Uh, so far, fun show. I will fi I'll file that away as a good one to watch. Um, mm -hmm. Subverting expectations is some of the most fun you can have when you're writing. Yes, because it's that whole like I don't know what's going on. It, it, it's that plot twist thing. Mm -hmm. You think it's going to be this, but it's not. Um, <sighs> I think one of the things that that really drove home the the Dungeons and Dragons thing, because people would say it was a game, and then it would be, well, who wins? Because board games and card games are all competitive, and mm -hmm. I am winning, I am beating you, and it was too much. I think it was too much for the parents of the '50s and '60s who, you know, who grew up then to kind of go, well, we all work together. That's communism. You know, <laughs> I know that sounds dumb, but that but I it, really have to think that was part of their thinking is that you all work together. That's not a game. That's well, exactly. You know, it's, that's a cult. Um, it, the, the con <laughs> and the kind of games have winners and the mm -hmm. idea. And so if you're not doing something where someone's winning, it's not a game. You're just mm -hmm. playing. Mm -hmm. And people, when you really think about entertainment, People don't play past a certain age. Right. Uh, someone who's 17 that's going over to his, his friend's house to play, mm -hmm. if it's not followed by a game and then of Monopoly, right? It, it's like it, it just sort of breaks down. It almost sounds like you're trying to scam somebody. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going over to Jenny's house. Why? Because uh, we're going to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and what are we playing at Jenny's house? Um, and that, that can be a little bit of a, again, I, I can kind of understand a bit of the tell me what's going on here. Because it makes sense as a miniature war gaming makes sense. Mm -hmm. My mini, I'm going to try to beat you with my miniature soldiers. And we're going to, and even the idea, like the early, early miniature games that were like D&D &D, mm -hmm. of working through a maze and killing the monsters. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, improv, describe it as improv storytelling. Mm -hmm. Another great way of, of describing it, but still really outside the headspace of that generation of parents in the 80s. Yeah. That generation of parents that were literally boomers, but born just after the war, who were like, what, what do you mean you're doing storytelling with your friends? And that's what I'm saying. That that's communism. You're that's a cult. That's some hippie stuff. Because Hip, oh yeah, it's the hippie stuff. You know who's? Who, that's not a game. I roll dice. I beat you. 
I win. That's a game. And to be fair, <laughs> while Gray and I do not subscribe to it as our as D and D players ourselves, there is nothing wrong with mm. people who choose to play D and D as a competitive game. Yeah. I do feel it's necessary to remind everybody that this is we do not cast aspersions on people that treat D&D as a competition between the dungeon master and the players. And that's a total genre of gamers that are, are completely valid. I fully mm-hmm. support them. I've actually had some fun experiences mm-hmm. trying to win D&D. <laughs> I just kind of wish when I had come to the table for those experiences, I had known that's what we were doing when we played D&D. Some of the early uh, convention gaming and modules that that I played, yes, were those modules. They were tournament modules. Yes. This is, please survive this. Ha ha ha! <laughs> you know, we're, we're more commonly for tournament for for conventions and tournament play was one dungeon master, two sets of players, two mm. sets of maps, mm. and when they meet each other, it's. Yeah. It's winner take all. The goal was kill enough monsters on your way there. Yeah. In order to um, level up, hopefully, yeah. so you could, you know, have all the stuff you need. It was almost like a, like a, it really, the best way to describe it, it was a paper and pencil battle royale. Yeah. Level yeah. up your stuff, gear up your guns, gear up your armor, so that when you meet other players, you can yeah. take them out. Uh, movies of the 70s and 80s like The Omen didn't help with the panic while us kids were watching Conan and Lady Hawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you're not wrong on that either. Um, yeah, that uh, and and that was that was part of it too, is because the the movies and stuff of the time, you know, they really didn't help us out much uh, for a couple of different directions. One there were no there wasn't a, a real way for you know my old man i'm watching john wayne you know or or that to then go we're gonna watch dragon slayer or you know uh uh trying to think of some of those horrible ones the hunter of gore um you know the 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 knockoff conan movies and stuff yeah well and they didn't they they didn't outside of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, mm-hmm. they didn't create a lot of content out there that was fantasy, which is mm-hmm. what Dungeons and Dragons was. It was a fantasy storytelling system yep. um, where someone who was 14 or 15's parents were likely to go, oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. You can watch that. Mm. I mean, Dragon Slayer, I remember watching like half of it and my parents going, you shouldn't be watching this. I think it's rated R. <laughs> and, and like, well, but it's it's Dungeons and Dragons. I mm-hmm. like D and D. I've played it with my cousin. Why can't I watch this? Mm-hmm. Um, Polymorph does kick in the idea though of that two groups, uh, two separate games. Eventually, the story is intertwined. When you can pull that off as a dungeon master, that is the moment. Mm. It is so hard to do in a way that doesn't end comically. Yeah. Um, but I've seen it. I've never, I have never felt I had it in me to prep that. I've I don't think I don't think I've ever run one of those. Yeah, they're hard because you're you're trying to, especially if you have either either. And here's here's how you know we're old. Mm. Could you imagine first first challenge scale from one to ten? How hard is this? Getting Mm. five players to agree 
to meet every week to play a game. <laughs> One to ten. Give us a number. Eight and a half. Eight and a, okay, now, <laughs> at the same time, one to ten. How hard is it to do that and get a second group of people to agree to a semi-weekly schedule? God, twenty-seven out of ten, or okay. something like now, that. Um, now, now, <laughs> how hard is it to get all ten of them to agree to one day they all can come together? Yeah, the, the, there's an infinite monk, bunch of monkeys and an infinite <laughs> typewriters, and that, that may be about the right math. Um, and, and that's I, the thing. You know. that, that's the sign of the gray beards, because mm -hmm. I know when we were younger, mm -hmm. like I can think about college, mm -hmm. piece of cake, yeah. piece of cake, pick a Saturday, we're doing it. And two, <clears throat> two and a half years, I ran a nine-person D&D uh, game nine players for two and a half years in college and it was like you know woohoo classes are over we're rolling dice <sighs> tacos on sunday because it's all you can eat tacos that's the break <laughs> we played i mean just we lived in one apartment pretty much that whole weekend every weekend and then you know sundays we'd go have tacos talk about our games and how much fun we had and how awesome it was and then whoosh you know we'd go back home to shower do laundry and start off again you know going to class on monday um, it's, it's, it's a little insane <laughs> it's not not gonna lie it's a little insane but that's i mean my buddy in college that i played with as he was the dungeon master for our group mm -hmm. we probably he ran a game every night of the week mm. there was a game running at his um at his place um which was pretty darn cool but that was like he was locked in mm -hmm. um to all of his different things uh started to gain in D, &D when COVID hit that's Depending wow. on how you got into D and D, that can be nice. can be a challenge because it's like I want to do this D and D thing, and then you show up like that, you know, beginning of March, and suddenly like no one's at the store, mm. and then the week after that, you you get the email: the store is closed for the for, for the next month because it's like. But, but I I think uh, Paulie's talking uh, about online yes. because online exploded. I oh mean, yeah. That was it was the time to get involved, I think, yeah, online. Virtual game going, only one other person showed up. And that, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think virtual gaming, especially if you have hardcore people who are steeped in hardcore tabletop, mm. shifting to online was really, really challenging. Um, but at the same time, I think for the group that was very into the online, yeah. it really like it really took off. Yeah. Um, and there are so many groups that came up and so many different ways to find games. I mean, Roll20 is good. I'm not going to lie. I'm leaning heavily towards looking at something like Demiplane for mm. when I retire from teaching and I'm trying to hit my 160 bucks a day income I got to make. Right, right. Because if I can run a, a game on Demiplane one night, right. I, that covers at least a third of my day's income. Right, right. And if I can write a really good, like, one four-hour adventure that I can keep going back to for a while yeah like that might be a nice steady income stream and it's like demi plane's designed around i'm a dm here's my game we yeah. are the only catch is you have to play it through their website mm -hmm. um to a degree but it's yeah. not it wouldn't be streamed so i wouldn't have to worry about 
right, right, all the yeah. stuff that I need for the streaming. Right. You know, as long as, as long as I know that you're rolling dice, yeah. I don't even care if you're cheating or not. Because if you're cheating <laughs> in a one shot that you paid you're, twenty bucks to be in, you know, only, you do you. You're only cheating you. Yeah. <laughs> at that yeah. point, you, you paid twenty bucks to be here. <laughs> Uh, that's if that's what gets your go, that's what gets your blood going. Mm-hmm. Tried mm-hmm. Uh, start uh, starting during COVID online, with no experience and not in person learning. She hated it. Ooh, now the twist to that. Okay, yeah. that I'm I. As an educator, it mm-hmm. pains me to say the following phrase. All right, I blame the teacher. <laughs> That that hurt. I want everyone yeah, to understand yeah, yeah. how yeah. much of my soul just left my body <laughs> as I said that. But that's the thing is it's it is there's a there's a trick to bringing people on board. Um, and I think personally the best way you do it is you just don't tell them anything they don't need. Yeah, we did, and it's it's funny we did that with um, Ari who's playing in my Sunday night group for uh, Dragon Heist. Mm-hmm. Um. And she's she's gone all in. She she read as much as she could on the D and D Beyond website, um, but for the most part, I've been kind of a what do you want to do? Well, what can I do? No, what do you want to do? You tell me what you want to do, and we'll figure out how close to that you can get within the rules. Yeah. And for the most part, you can get pretty close, um, yeah. and still have a good time. And she's never played D and D before, and it's working. Um, I've got to, I've got to be around a thousand people. I've taught D and D to with conventions and we ran the, the gamers guild for three years, four years, something like that. So yeah, there's, there's gotta be, you know, and that has always been my thing. Yeah. Don't worry about what's on that character sheet and all that. Just tell me what you would do. Yep. What would what would Black Leaf do? Mm-hmm. He's a rogue. He's a thing. He's whatever. He's a wizard. What do you do? I blast him. All right. Let's see. What do you got? Blast him with the you know your Firebolt. magic missile, firebolt, magic missile, whatever it is. Yep. You know, go. And and that has been that has been a good way for the most part. And the the <laughs> the thing too is is the the learning to win to pull back a little bit uh one of my brother's girlfriends at one point was like oh well then i go to my father's castle and i get us some horses and, <laughs> and i'm like okay let's role play this out a little bit <laughs> you know um i i tried to say yes and but i'm just like okay yeah i mean that's true you are the daughter of this local noble you're and then i i kind of i didn't poo poo completely but i was like okay here's the deal your father is not gonna just let you take it's like I was hey about dad to say, i'm taking the mercedes <laughs> yes. and, you know you know I, I was just my brain just jumped to the beach boys yeah, yeah, and she's trying to get her hands on on daddy's uh gto no 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 what was the song uh, fun, fun, fun. T-bird. My dad, T-bird, T-bird. T-bird. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, it's like, you know, that's... And I, mm. I would... I'm, I'm not going to lie. I would have mm. loved to have had that happen at my table because I would have been like, okay, you can go ask dad <laughs> for the keys to the stable. This is going to be fun. Yes. This is going to be fun. And then yeah. you, 
the twist of the DM is, as you said, that yes, but, or uh-huh. yes, and, because you really can't say no. She's uh-huh. going to get the horses. Yeah. So you have to find a way to make her feel like she gets a win. Yeah. While she's going to get the horses from dad. Um, I, I hear side quest. <laughs> well, in the end, you know, he wouldn't give her all of what she wanted. So then she decided to steal the rest. And so, so yeah, so then that made, you know, that just made for more and more uh, uh, awesomeness. Uh, going back to the explaining and teaching stuff, uh, my sister-in-law, this is, this would have been in, oh gosh, in 92 or 93, like in 92 or 93, we were like, Hey, you know, there's a few of us here. We're going to play some D and D. You want to, you want to try to play D and D. And we went through like two hours of teaching her to make a character. And when she finally had her character done, she was like, well, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, thanks for teaching me Dungeons and Dragons. And we're like, oh no, the adventure has not yet begun. <laughs> it, it took us two hours to make characters for, you know, the five or six of us there to make characters. And now we play. And she was just like, oh my God, no, I can't. I, that was too much. And I'm like, no, you're, you're going to miss the fun part. <laughs> Oh, Which, you well. know, it's, it's interesting, though, too, because that's that's not an uncommon story mm. about um, people learning to play D&D and they think playing D&D is making a character for it because mm. that's that's the rules heavy part. Right. That's right. where you're making decisions that are based on what you are allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Um, chat, by the way, is having fun with with rambling off now. I've called for it. Cars <laughs> in songs. Ah, um, I see, I see. So we're, we're having some fun over there. Um, but it's like, that's, that's not an uncommon theme. And it's, it's interesting though, because you do get that weird going back to the eighties, mm. that weird line of more, I think then than now, mm. I don't want to try that. I heard it's bad for you. Mm. Or mm. I heard people who do that end up weird, which is always, I always found very fascinating when I was coming through high school and going into college and you know, I started the dating scene and they, what do you into? Well, I play a lot of, you know, role-playing games. Oh, like what, what, what's a role-playing game? Well, Dungeons and Dragons is a very popular mm-hmm. one. And it, it was, I didn't mm-hmm. play a lot of it in high school or college, yeah. but it was like when someone said, what are you into? And I would, if I started with role-playing games, I usually didn't open with vampire, the masquerade. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a little <laughs> harder. And I, I had to, I had to gauge where it would be when I said, well, what I really like to do is live action role playing Mm. because if they were going to get freaked out that I was doing D and D, they weren't ready to hear about Nero and carps and vampire, the masquerade live action. Mm -hmm. Like that's just a, a, that's a, let's just not talk about that until we've made out for a while to see if there's a compatibility that's worth the conversation. But, oh, um, but that was something that I every once in a while I would hear it not mm. as often as you would think mostly yeah. it was like oh that just sounds too complicated I wouldn't want to do it yeah yeah uh, I I mm. kind of I kind of got lucky I mean again through high school we never never had a, a, a girl at our table 
No one mm. ever wanted that was that was nerd basement garbage satanic. You know, you're oh, yeah. going to hell. It's that's 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 the no, just you know. Uh, we even had some of our friends trying to save our souls um, because you know we we were obviously we're going down a dark path, man. I'm worried about you, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> not that dark. I, I I play a paladin. I cast a I, light spell. I I kill the undead. My my cleric literally holds up a cross and destroys evil. You know. Uh, no, that's not right. <laughs> it's just like, I, how can I get through to you? <laughs> well, anyway. and, there, and, and, and gear brings up a good point too, about it is easier when you can lean over and whisper to the person next to you. I'm not going to argue that point, but, mm. but I will also point out you have this, this is the, okay. I'm, I'm going to, I like you. I'm glad you're here. I'm going to disagree. And here's why. You can ask people questions online without asking them questions out loud. Way easier than you can at the table. If you're on a Zoom call and, and everyone's cool with it, so all the chat, all your windows are, all your chats are open, you can whisper anybody in the call. And that is one of those um, really neat features as a teacher that I loved. Because when I was teaching, I would get whispers on Zoom from students all hour while I was teaching that I could just say, Oh, somebody asked. And it yeah. took away that embarrassing of this might be a stupid question, mm -hmm. but, and it completely anonymizes that. And as a DM who knows he's teaching, yeah, letting a player whisper you to say, what's armor class mean again? Mm. completely gets, gets removes the possibility that someone else at the table is going to look at you and go, are you serious? Which I know for, for some gamers, it's like, we've been playing together for eight weeks and you still don't know what armor class is, mm. which even I think I would have a, eight weeks. I'm, I'm really sorry. If you've been paying attention, you know what armor class is after eight weeks. Yeah. I'm really sorry. That's like 20 plus hours of time on it. <laughs> But it's old, and that's not how we think. Okay, full disclosure: Doctor Gear hates computers. Is one of my grog cards. Oh yeah, I, from, I picked from that one up. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. But we're old, and that's not how we think. Exactly. Um, and yet another good point from Gigasloth about Harry Potter mm. as a top gateway to Satanism, and I think uh. that's that's really on point with Weeble's reaction to it. Yeah. Because it was a fictional world where they celebrated fantasy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's interesting that I'm not terribly disappointed that, that my youngest isn't into Harry Potter. Hmm. And it's not because Harry Potter is a gateway to Satanism. I will happily hand her a player's guide and say, have at it. I can't wait for you to run. She was planning her own adventures yeah. with her friends. She was getting them when she was eight. Mm -hmm. She was getting friends signed up on the D&D Beyond <laughs> website with their school email addresses, mind you, because most of them didn't have a, G didn't have a Google account right. of their own. They were using their school Google accounts yeah. to make characters because she was going to run an adventure for them. Yeah, the uh, we have in our in our kitchen, we have a, a crayon drawing of of the youngest's first like 
D&D like adventure. There's, you know, it's all spelled wrong. Garden of such and mountain of this and castle of the princess and 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 all this. And and then just God, it was last weekend, I think we were we we're remodeling and stuff. And I pulled out a paper and it had her first dungeon that she wanted to do, you know, and she she couldn't have been 10, yep. you know, when she she drew the whole dungeon out and stuff. And it was just like, oh, all the feels. Yeah, yeah. All of the um, feels. All um, of the feels. But the, I, yeah, but under given the way things have gone, I think I think Harry Potter is has they has lost a little bit of its standing because of some mm-hmm. of the choices of the author, which is such a yeah. shame because it's yep. such a great world. Yep. That, that she laid a foundation for that other people need to take and mm-hmm. run with. And then when someone says, you can't do that, go, well, can you really call copyright on national figures mm. or myths? Yeah. I mean, can you really? Yeah. Um, and the, the copyright nerd in me would love to see that case go to trial. <laughs> I would love to see somebody go and make the case that you are entitled to what you wrote the the world is open for everybody right because that would i think that would encourage creativity as long as everything was properly labeled right like i would love to see somebody say this book takes place in the world of the convergence originally authored by lantern noir right boom i'm cool do whatever you want with it i don't care right just as long as i get credit for starting the world in writing Mm -hmm. go go do nobody loses uh, if you write crap, they're gonna go. Well, that was crappy, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't Lantern Noir's crap. Maybe we should see if his crap isn't such a steaming pile. Or, or maybe, or I can do better. Maybe I should be writing in, you know, the Convergence realm or whatever. Uh, I have to tell this, particularly since Gears here. The only time in my life that I've really been proud of my crazy dad was he read Harry Potter Mm. of it because he saw on TV certain entertainment channels that call themselves news. Um, he, He saw on there that they kept telling him that Harry Potter is Satan. Satanism. Satan. Gateway for your kids to Satan. Right. And they actually had like camps to deprogram you from Harry Potter. You know, they, they, they had literal camps. They would send you to, to de brainwash you from Harry Potter. So he, uh, so my dad saw all this and was like, that don't sound right. My boys play the dungeons and the dragons, trolls and gnolls and knocky dinkies. So he got the book and he read it himself. And he was like, that's not Satanism. It's just, it's just a fantasy book, <laughs> you know. Uh, one of my only moments in my entire life that I've been been proud of that man. So, Alan, anyway. Alice, welcome. Glad to have you hanging out with us today Woo-hoo. for happy hour. Make sure you poured yourself a a cold, potent potable. We're going heavy on the chat. Um, this is a podcast that we record live here on Twitch, um, mm-hmm. and there's a link that will come up every so often with a link to get to it. Yeah, we hit, we hit, we hit. Uh, we try to like. Ease in, talk to each other a bit, do a topic or two, talk about our weekend gaming, and then, uh, you know. Then we head out to dinner. 
And we um, go uh, get home to dinner. Yep. As 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 men of our age do around five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, our topic we were talking about the satanic panic, and it's I'm I'm kind of surprised how many stories we have from it. Uh, between us, because I think I, I was actually thinking I was pretty isolated. I was like, I'm prepared to go start talking about the satanic panic of all the other things besides D and D, all the different things that were going to pervert the youth into these horrible <laughs> habits. And yeah. I do think that there is an overlap that I think gamers in general tend to push away. Mm. That is worth a note, and that is the immersion. Of the interactivity, um, mm. I used to get corrected at the dinner table because we'd be t- I'd be talking about the like Shadowrun was the game I played the most in high school. Shadowrun and Robotech were the two because my one buddy Reflector was forbidden from playing Dungeons and Dragons. He could play yeah. any RPG, yeah, but he couldn't play D and D because D and D was the bad one, right? To which I'm like, and I've mentioned this before on stream, but it's like you're you're afraid of your your son playing in the game where he might be a paladin of righteousness. Um, so instead he's playing a game where he's a, an assassin for hire that cuts people in half with a katana. Mm-hmm. That's an improvement in your mind. If I take drugs and cut off my limbs and put on cyber ones, I'll be even better. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely glorified hacking. Let's be honest there. Even though it was like in the eighties and the idea of the internet was still like ooh, out there. Um, Meant to, let's see, didn't play. I was younger, never heard anything bad about it, size it was for nerds. Fun mm. fact, um, I have very progressive friends who still refer to the RPG areas at Dragon Con as the Hall of Virgins. Yeah, that's a C and that's what that's what you know, me saying earlier, the the hundred and fifty thousand people watching the opening, mm-hmm. you know, the first episode of season three of Critical Role. It's just mind boggling. It's so hard. Uh, and and, and the, the language and the culture has changed so much that it it's really interesting to me. Like when I'm, I'm with the Grognards on Saturday night, it it's a different language and a different way we communicate about our gaming and stuff. You know, those those jokes and tropes and stuff from from our growing up just <laughs> the on discord channels or in games i've played i throw that kind of reference out now and and it's just beautiful to watch people go huh well why would they call you a nerd you know <laughs> you know it's it's not for nerds now it's kind of a badge of honor when somebody at a discord or whatever is like nerds you know um mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, being a nerd has definitely changed over the years as far as stigma goes. Yep. Um, that is definitely a thing. Um, Gear points out, in 2021, you can pick up a player's handbook at a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yep. I uh, laugh so hard that one commercial is like, what level DM are you? DMs don't have levels. <laughs> um, you know, that's a, that might be next week's topic. All right. All right. Is, is how do we how do we how do we designate DM levels? All right. Without That's necessarily the, the... being um, passing judgment. Ah, ah. I think that's going to be a key. We don't want to pass judgment on where anybody's at, but I think I do think you level up your DM game. Yes. Oh, I do think it is so much. Yeah. D and D has made it accessible too with electronic. Oh, oh gosh, yes. 
Um, I kid you not. Uh, if you ever mm. watch me DMing, uh, especially with the convergence where they like to push the envelope and I don't know all the rules for some of them, their classes, mm-hmm. I am constantly looking things up on D&D Beyond and banking on it, giving me meaningful answers. I, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, put a little honesty out there, too. <laughs> I have been using D&D Beyond and stuff for so long that DMing with the guys on Saturday night, sometimes when they ask me stuff, I'll just, like, spit things out and go, I have no idea if that's actually the rules. I, you know, you know what I mean? I'm like, the, the thing has told me and we have one player who will not use D and D beyond. And I'm like, push the little button on the thing. Oh yeah, that's right. You don't somebody who has D and D beyond open, look that up for me, please. You know? And so the other players are like, um, so. Oh yeah. It's, it's a, it's amazing what that's done to bring the game mainstream. Copaxa. Woo. Yep. And hey. Welcome. 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 It's good to have more first timers hanging out with us today mm-hmm. on this, this fine happy hour, which we are, we are moving to then Alan, Alice, that was a great time. If you are still with us to pitch that question. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's too big for us to tackle in, in our, in our, in our last half hour of hanging out, um, because we do have, we do have other halves to get home to. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have to go cook dinner for the other half. Um, when I get you know, when I get home from the the bar, um, if we remember, we will take and we will like pin it to the board, you know, just so we can remember it. But you know, I, I did that as an introduction for an NPC, um, <laughs> where she she walked up to the PCs and said, "Ike, there, could you could you be holding that against the wall and uh, and put this nail right right at the top of it?" And then she took out a two handed maul and just. <laughs> Wham! Nailed it to the wall um, because she was a dwarf and and she was walking up to a couple of humans so like they could reach higher. Yeah. Um, I have noticed as the old guard and new wave of DMs and players a lot of pushback and gatekeeping in terms of what TRPG is supposed to be or newcomers. Um, There, you know, I'm not going to lie. There is, um, we have talked about doing um, an episode, a sit down chat about the about gatekeeping that we've observed gatekeeping that we've seen within communities and it's it's a tough one because there are there's there are complexities that come with every table mm-hmm. um and i will i will put this out there i think this might not be the right group for you to play with it's not necessarily gatekeeping mm-hmm. um because it's acknowledging that there's different play styles mm-hmm. uh, but there definitely are some people out there who who who, who gatekeep <laughs> My my TTPRG t- Tuesday tip today Ooh. was about was about gatekeeping and oh. and such. So uh, yeah, the uh, um, there is a lot of woke argument going on right now in in gatekeeping and who can play what and why is this and why companies are pushing back against people coming to tournaments with with their their miniatures particularly in like 40k and stuff coming to tournaments with <laughs> nazi flags and symbols on their I, things that's and, not gatekeeping and, that's just keeping the, the jerks out 
Yeah, well, and and yeah, and the the arguments and the everything going back and forth, but uh, but yeah, maybe uh, maybe sometime we can do a, yeah. a an, an episode that kind of pushes in in that a little bit. Well, and that's and that's one of those two where it's um, one of my players in my Wednesday game uh, plays someone who has a prosthetic arm, mm-hmm. and what's neat is is it's it's never really come up as such. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little tiny part of me that might use it. As one of those like plot points, yep. But that's not something I'm going to do unless she's cool with it, right? Um, and, and you kind of acknowledge that that's the way it rolls. Um, but there's so much room for people to get involved in this hobby. There's so many ways we're making the game more accessible, and we're acknowledging some of the the problems in its history. Yep. Um, I I actually do think a, a parent who opened up a DM's guide and saw the random table of harlots. <laughs> was completely legitimate in saying, I'm sorry, you're not playing this game. And and you know what? I will today, as where I am, I will 100% back that parent. Uh, because that was probably not the best random table to have in there. And that's, again, a, 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 where I say Advanced Dungeons & Dragons was never written for children. Redbox... Go to Redbox. That's Mulvaney's. That's that. That game can be for your nine and up, like it says on the side of the tin. You know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm I'm not really sure that even. I mean, I get adults can consume whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But even, 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 even with the white in here, I'm not sure I should be consuming the random table of harlots. <laughs> like I just. <laughs> From 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 a from a back then to now, I yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. If if you have to have that table in your game, you're either running a very niche game that <laughs> that could be very fun and very sexy, but oh, or you're way out of the loop. And if the people don't know what they're getting into, and you suddenly are like, let me consult the chart of harlots, that might turn uh, just a lot of players off um <laughs> you know and it's it's funny too there was a book that came out back then that was all about stds and seduction and sex mm-hmm. and media mm-hmm. and it was all in there mm-hmm. um which was like um you darn kids quit adding half demons and cat people to the roster no no they're <laughs> fun keep them okay um, so Al and Alice do have a question for us and we are kind of like in that phase where we, we may sure. be able to tackle it or we might have to All pin right. it as an email to talk about next episode. Um, if right. we can actually tell you what folks, if this is too big and you have your own questions and we get three emails, our next topic is just email answering mm. our email on mm. um, which I posted in the chat. And I'll do again. Um, it is oldtimertavern at gmail.com. Uh, that's how you send email to the old timer tavern where we have happy hour. Um, we will, we're happy to take those questions. Uh, we're going to sci-fi TTRPG, loose-based on 5th edition. Um, try to introduce new people and take it from be a homebrew to a published idea. How do you draw up eyes for critique on it? Um, and I want to make a beginner's box at some point. I think, okay, here's some things to, to, to muse on. My, my first take, get highly active on Twitter mm-hmm. and get people get people copies to look at give give as much away that you can give away to get people putting their eyes on it and telling people about it 
Uh, there's also Discord chats and stuff out there mm-hmm. now that are in indie uh, indierpg.com, mm-hmm. and those communities are wonderful. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got software available and, and everything else. So if you really want to, you really want to hit it. Uh, Doctor Gear was just being the old man there. And, oh yeah. uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, and and you know, if you're gonna do to me personally, if you're gonna do cat people in a game, it should be the anime style cat people. Like mm. I, I am not down personally. This is mm. my thing. I'm not so into the um, uh, Khajiit style mm. cat people. That I'm, I'm not really into, into the anamorphics myself. And then again, I am by no means yucking on the yums of those that mm. are. Yeah, we've had that conversation in our house many times. My daughter has it to a T. I, she said something. I said, "Honey, what do we do to other people? Do we yuck on other people's yums? <laughs> no. Why not?" Because everyone's allowed to have their own yums. <laughs> exactly. Um, we, we also believe that if you're playing make-believe, you should have some way to tell everybody when you're done pretending if you're upset. Mm-hmm. And you cannot make other people play with you. They, mm. have to choo- they, have to, they have to choose to play with you. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. It's never too early to teach <laughs> them good practices. Yeah, yeah. Lantern Noir present cares. <laughs> Um, I'll grab my rainbow. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. But um, another thing I would say on top of so you've got your you get active on Twitter, use mm-hmm. um, the right hashtags, get into the right group, you know, get out there. Um, Gray mentions Discord. I'm also going to add if your rule set is ready for play testing, you might consider gaining it into the hands of people that have decent stream followings and get some live games going. Yeah, I would have now me personally. I don't like watching pre-recorded RPGs. Mm. Um, it's harder for me, especially if it's a game I don't know. But that's another angle to go, is to do like a two-hour session, yeah. edit it up, make it pretty, and showcase the rules you have in front of you, and get that out there for people to just get out there. Yeah. Um, and again, the more the more people you can get engaged to be part of the process, the more yeah. they will talk it up. Yeah, I've I've been fortunate to be enough to be on two or three games that were the first streamed game of those games, uh, like ever. You know, they yep. they were either in Kickstarter or they were uh, play testing. Um, you know, the Odysseus's um, Star Trek that was great. I was over on Solution Gaming, and he you know, got in with Monty Cook and this and that and all those. And so he made the connections and networking and we got to play a playtest module live as is the first game ever streamed of it. It was very, very cool. Very, very fun. Yeah. And so there's, yeah. there's a couple of things there to, to, to muse on. A lot of it comes down to honestly, how much, um, how far you are with it. Like, yeah. are, is it ready for prime time? Or are you still looking for like really entry level playtesters? Yep. You can also start, I think the D&D Beyond forums mm. have room for non-D&D games. Roll20 <laughs> has room to talk about non, you know, all RPGs, and they don't... Nah. The twist is you can't talk about playing them off of Roll20. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to. There's no rule that says you must use the Roll20 platform. Yeah. You just have to, you have to be very careful you don't advertise that you are not using Roll20. Nah. Um but those are that's a lot of honestly truly it's like everything else it's it's a it's a grind to get eyeballs yeah um 
So you want to just get the word out is a big oh. part of it. And, and it's little by little, one fan at a time. Depending on where you are with your promotion level, you might even consider a Kickstarter. Yeah. Put up a 60-day Kickstarter for the first official printing of the rule book. Get some good costs so you know what you're going to be, what your outlay is. Um, and there's a decent discovery mechanism over there. Um, most of them fail, just so you know. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't hit your goal, you still had people talking about it. That might be enough again to get you some play testers. You can take another shot at it um, and get you going that way. Yeah. I'd be curious to hear more about the game, to be really honest. Always a good thing. Yeah, I think, uh, I think to the uh, one last, you know, coming from that age of satanic panic, you really, you know, it, it yucks, it yucks your yum, you know, you, you can't, you, 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 you have that, that guarded, you know, way about you and, and things. And it, it's, and then, you know, for instance, I was brought up feeling like that was the dumbest thing ever. D and D is the stupidest thing you could be. You are wasting your freaking time, you know? Uh, and, and, and it just, it definitely does change your mindset. So um, coming from that, you know, like I, I've said, you know, Dr. Gear is, is a Tolkienite. He likes his D&D very Tolkien-esque. He's a reenactor. He's, he, you know, he does YouTube videos about Viking stuff and, and everything. So he likes it gritty and real and, and like that. And like I said, now that, you know, my daughters want to play they've come up with video games and you know animation and cartoons and webtoons and and everything else where their experiences are like i mean a 12 year old me getting to watch you know uh arcane or uh you know the dragon prince or any of those the the big animation series that are out there the witcher 12 year old me watching the witcher would have been like i mean 12 year old you 12 year old you should not have been watching the witcher Uh, okay i watched the witcher it's just fine that's fine you're right you're right i we had no guardrails there were we were we were there were absentee parents my aunt who used to babysit us used to like make us watch like horror movies and then halfway through she would creep up on us and scare us um in the middle of the horror movie because that was fun for her I mean, I saw The Shining the summer after it came out. You know, we had HBO and <laughs> my Aunt Karen's like, let's watch this. Rad Rom, Rad Rom. You know, it's <laughs> not a kid's show, but there we were. Yeah, there you were. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's the kind of thing where that's, yeah, your mind's very, um, you're welcome on my Discord as well as others, I'm sure. Um, the one thing I will put out there just to, to, as a caution a lot of people have had ideas for RPGs over the years. So don't be surprised if people aren't ready to with someone they've just met to dive deep into a heavy rules critique. Uh, but again, you're always welcome to share it. There's my community small, but we're growing. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we'll happily give you, I'm sure you'll get somebody willing to take a look at it um, and give you some feedback on it. Or, you know, maybe be part of that play test or that, that promo stream. We are getting like dangerously close to 6.30. Okay. 
So we we got to we're going to wrap up our topic of the week. If you had a great time and you still have more questions, please 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 oldtimertavern at gmail.com. Hit us with your thoughts, your um, ideas, your questions, your follow-ups, your experiences. Did you yourself find yourself amidst the satanic panic of the 80s or maybe a modern version of it? Hmm. You know, let's be honest, their role-playing games are still a little on the niche side. Um, mm. Sometimes you say, this is what I do. Um, worse, maybe you're a LARPer. Mm. Maybe someone saw a picture of you in garb and then they yeah. had thoughts. <laughs> um, if you're willing to share, we'd love to talk about it. Um, what's been going on? What's coming up in your your week in gaming? Oh, what goodness. can we look forward to? What are you looking forward to? Let's do that. All right. So obviously, uh, indoor adventures, uh, Monster Noir has been on, is on hold until uh, our our favorite uh, Satan. Speaking of uh, Satanic Panic, Alyssa Vamp Arts um, on Twitter, uh, great artist. She's ending school, big projects, so we can't play Monster Noir. So that'll come back after the semester starts again. Um, but uh, we've got definitely we've got our Grognard game on Saturday nights, not broadcast. And, you know, I love those guys. We've been having a lot of time, fun with a very gritty, um, you know, using a lot of homebrew rules to make Dungeons and Dragons more realistic or more difficult. Um, so that's that's my Saturday night. Then Sunday, 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 come join me because we play with the, you know, the finest of tools and toys, including the spoon. One of our wizards in Wilder Myth has a spoon is their weapon. And it's adorable. Um, so I play Wilder Myth 10 ish uh, a.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, Sunday mornings on Greybeard Tavern uh, on Twitch. And then uh, we'll be back here. Oh, and uh, once a month or twice a month, I am playing Call of Cthulhu Modern uh, with a group in the UK. Um, and they're all beautiful people. Uh, I'll try to tweet out their addresses because you can check them out because some of them do great sound work and stuff. Uh, I am always pleased. There's always great audio in those games. The, the, the people who are running those games always have like creepy music and then they seem to always have like just the right thing to play for the next sound or sound effect or whatever. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, that's it until we're back again. Yeah, which we, we've kind of with the way things have gone with me for work, we've gone to an every other week um, or slightly more if the holidays mess with us. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's definitely always good to sit down um, and catch up. And I've started doing, uh, I actually start earlier on Sundays so mm. you can watch us both. Ah. Um, but I'm, I'm working with the 8 a.m. coffee hour as one of my stream times, which has been really fun because Kitty, uh, Kitty K, my, my 10 year, near 10 year old will come down and say, can we stream today? I'll say, I've been, I went out and I, I've been streaming since eight this morning, honey. It's, it's almost <laughs> noon. I'm done. <laughs> but she did, we did get some time together last week. Um, and we did some Minecraft and it was really fun. I actually figured out how to like, we were sitting couch co-op style mm -hmm. and, but I split the camera. So we were in each and uh, own half of the screen. Nice. Uh, which I really liked. It was a lot of fun. And it's a lot more fun. I found to play with her couch co-op than online mm -hmm. co-op. I don't yeah. know why. I just, it just feels, I, the screen might be smaller, 
but it just feels yeah. so much so much warmer. Yeah. But um, I started explore, exploring that. Uh, Wednesdays and Sundays, I run D&D here at Lantern Noir, um, twitch.tv slash Lantern Noir. Mm. Um, the Convergence might be on hiatus this week. We're short a player, mm. and I'm debating between asking someone to come in as a guest star for the week. Mm. Um, there are a couple of places we can sneak in an NPC just for the week. Well, thank you, Copa. Mm. Appreciate the feedback on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we could, um, so we might do that. Um, we might just take the hiatus. I might continue to explore, uh, take that as an excuse that we're not playing the convergence to take my usual audience and keep exploring virtual reality gaming on stream. Right. I've been playing around with that. <laughs> There's something wicked cool about, and this new one I played today earlier, I was doing an official test. I run. saw it. I heard, I saw the things, yes. but I didn't get to watch it. The, I was at work. Well, the eye of the temple is a Raiders of the lost Ark stylish, uh-huh. uh, VR game. And mm. it uses room space, and you're always uh, you're always uh, stepping uh. between moving platforms. So they have very cleverly created a situation where you never leave a nine by nine foot area. Nice. Actually, it's about ten by ten feet. Um, yeah. But you still move all over this temple, huh? Because you're always stepping onto a platform that slides somewhere, or mm. you're stepping onto a roller. Yeah. That as it goes rolls forward, you have to walk backwards to keep from falling off of it. <laughs> so they've scripted it brilliantly. Right. But because of this add-on software I have, I have a camera that captures me, mm-hmm. my me, and mm-hmm. puts me in the game. Oh, nice. So you can see me walking around. <laughs> it is mind-blowing where we yeah. are. And I'm not even using special tech. This was free software. <laughs> right, um, right. So I might experiment with that some more. If I don't, uh, the Convergence is, in, is my original game. Gosh, we're having fun. Um, I forget what it's like to play with people that are so into their characters. They forget mm-hmm. there's a story they're supposed to be following. <laughs> and, and they force me to find ways to remind them of the story without beating. Because I, 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 I don't want to beat them over the head. I don't want to say, mm-hmm. uh, guys, there's a person over there with an exclamation point over her head. Maybe you should consider talking to her tonight. Mm. Um, I don't want to do that. So I'm, I'm constantly revising things. Mm. Um, and then we had a great game of Dragon Heist. Which yeah. was just a blast and a half this last week. We had all kinds of fun. Um, they have acquired troll. You've played it, so I'm, I'm mm. slight spoilers. They have acquired yeah. Troll Skull Manor. All right. It is a burned out husk of a building mm-hmm. because it it was consumed with fire. And the original madam of the brothel, which they haven't found out was a brothel, uh, her mm. spirit is still attached to it. Ah. Which is why no one goes in it is because it like she's still significantly haunting it and the last thing that happened in our last session they were approached by a member of the wadat mm. the, the water deep department of deeds and titles <laughs> um with the with the paperwork to verify that having come into possession of a property they have until the second sunrise to certify it as free of spook specters and ghosts right or it's repossessed by water deep leveled mm. and turned into a cemetery green space Right, right, because obviously there's a haunting spirit there. Blah, Can't blah. have that. Um, and it's so good that that's a, there's that's so different than the version we played, and it's the oh, yeah. same module. It's so gorgeous. Yes. Well, I I love the idea of making D and D characters deal with paperwork from time to time <laughs> and and bureaucracy, but they have an out. They can mm. just take a loan, and they can mm-hmm. hire a member of the United Altar Workers 
or the UAW, <laughs> of course, to purge yep. the ghost, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, which they're kind of leaning towards. I hope they <laughs> don't, but they're leaning that way. So I was, it was a fun game. Um, and uh, the ghost became my the ghost became my character's best friend in yes. the in our version of it. Yes. So. Well, I'm I'm opting so to cool. go the. The, the route of we're not going to do all the side quests to, to right. get into factions. Mm-hmm. We're just going to clear out the ghost, hopefully. And that's their like their level two to three leveling. Got it. Got um, it. Mm-hmm. Rather than doing all the faction quests. So it's, it's a fun time. Um, and yeah, so usually me, it's eight o'clock in the mornings if I'm not working or mm-hmm. it's, um, have any of your worlds had Google before? Even if it's just a really smart NPC, not yet, but I will now. <laughs> Exactly. I will now, Polly. Um, yeah, so there's always some good stuff going on here. If you were listening to us on the podcast, thank you for the download. Please consider uh, leaving a review on that podcast platform of choice so other people can find this amazing podcast. Um, if you also want to, you can support our sponsors, SweetSteam.com, makers of fine steampunk-themed chocolates. Um, relevant to our conversation day, they have what's called a chocolate Mm. It, it is a, a chocolate shaped in, as the head of an elder god. It is dark chocolate filled with sea salt and caramel. Exactly. <laughs> and and all of their stuff is just brilliantly written. Um, if you use the code STEAMNOIR at checkout, you'll get 5% off the order. So mm. it's totally worth checking them out. They're amazing people. Um, and we thank you for being part of this. Uh, started Curse of Stride last week and some super collector's version that came with finger puppets. What? <laughs> Cheesecake, we're going to chat on Discord later. I want to know more about those finger puppets that came with some edition of Curse of Stride. That's just... I, I, I wanted to pop in real quick to answer Polly's thing. Uh, I had these flumps that worked at a magic library that were like Google. And and so the players would use a crystal ball uh, that was kind of like a sending stone to talk to the flumps and the flumps would fly and, fl- you know, float around and look stuff up for the player characters like Google. So. So, yes, you can have Google in your world. Um. <laughs> but thank you for the download. Um, if you're on that podcast, we appreciate it. We will talk to you next time the show goes live. Um, thank you so much. Greybeard. Do you have a final thought for our podcast listeners? Uh, yeah, don't, uh, if people tell you that it's Satanists or it's, uh, it's, it's you know, Satanist. the devil or anything like that about your gaming, don't listen to them. Go to, go to someone else, get another opinion, keep looking on the web, watch some videos, watch videos that don't show up under the first video you watch. If it's a bad thing, go start again and and watch some some things because gaming is so good so much fun and until next time folks wherever you are whatever you're doing stay safe happy hour at the old timer tavern is a proud part of the inverse genius network of content if you enjoyed today's episode please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.